This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Sherry Feltus, who works with the elderly and terminally ill, talks about holiness through dying. One body, one body. How can a person calm the fears of someone who is dying? One body. Do prayers really help? One body, stewarding God's creation. Well, let's find out. Sherry is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Sherry Feltus, I'm talking about holiness through dying. So first of all, before we get into any other discussion, give us a little bit about about you and how you became involved in, in palliative care, helping families to cope with a loved one who is dying. Maybe even tell us what palliative care is for those that don't know and, and, and just give us a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, the palliative care that we're talking about, this is in our lifetime at the end. And we get called in hospice and to take care of the patients. A lot of people have a misconception about hospice, and it uh, they feel like we're just gonna drug the people to bring them to death, and that is not so. But now I think more and more people are more open to it because they see the process of being so natural. Mm-hmm. And we are with the pa- patients till the very end. I started in Texas. I went to the Elite Academy of Nursing in Fort Worth, Texas, off of Airport Freeway. And after I received my certification, my instructor <clears throat> had asked me to continue in hospice, but with the Children's Mercy Hospital. And they have a unit, it was also called a J.T. White, where they care for those in palliative care with both adults and the children. But at that time, I was still a sister, so I had to go back to Tijuana to be with our order. And I talked to the founders of our order about this, Mother Antonia. And I mentioned it to her about the the children's hospice, but I just said I didn't think I could do that. Uh, It would be pretty hard for me to do that. And Mother looked at me very sternly and said, are you taking the easy way out? And it was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I said, I have to pray about this. So when I was back in the States, I thought I'm just gonna go ahead, go to Children's Mercy and say, yes, I'm gonna be here for the children in hospice. Mm -hmm. And our Lord, (laughs) he granted me this grace. I got a phone call from a couple. The father was dying, and I thought, oh, thank you. (laughs) So I was able to to do the adults more than the children. And this family, my first family that I had, they were not Catholic. They they didn't have any religious anything up around the wall. But when I went in there, because I was in habit, they asked me to pray. And so what you do at that point is everyone knows the Our Father. And so you just go to them and hold their hand and say, let's say the Our Father together. Mm -hmm. After I got done saying just that one prayer, it was like peace. More Mm -hmm. peace came over everything. And then I gave him, which I try to do 
with everyone that I take care of, I've got the picture of Divine Mercy, and I like to place it either on their bed or on their table next to their bed and ask them to say, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. And if you say it enough, you will see in their face if they are uh, agitated, anxiety, you can see the just the peacefulness that comes over them. Yeah. And it was it was a beautiful um, ending to this man's. And when he did pass away, it, it was so calm. It was so calm. Mm. And then I had another man who was not Catholic. And this, I don't think I will ever forget this one. But I gave him again, I gave him the picture of our Lord with divine mercy and asked him just to say, Jesus, I trust in you. And whenever his pain got so intense, I said, just ask him, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. And then the next day I went back and I gave him a rosary. He was so happy Mm. to receive it. And he said, now, what do you do? And I said, I'm going to help you pray this. So I prayed the rosary with him. He kissed the crucifix and he put it over his head around his neck. And he held on to that. And he had that divine mercy picture right next to him. I was not there at the time when he did pass away, but his wife called me and told me that his wish, her husband's wish, was never to take that rosary off Mm. and to keep the picture of divine mercy with him. So when he, when the uh, ambulance came to get him, his wife made sure they do not take that off. And when he was buried, he was buried with the rosary around his neck. And the picture of Divine Mercy was in his pocket. Families, they're so open to things. Um, So many times they're afraid. But when you, uh, you come in and you pray with them, you hug them, you visit with the patient, pray with them and hold their hands. Yeah. It's very important that there's a, uh, a closeness that you have with them by holding their hands because a lot of them are afraid. Yeah. And all you have to do is just say, I'm with you yeah. and I'll be here whenever you need me. So, you know, to give us a little bit of information about what you actually do. You talked about, about praying. What more is, is included in that palliative care and, you know, um, helping them, you know, while, while you're ministering to their body, you're also ministering to their soul through through your prayers. So, so share a little bit with us about some of the other things you do along with the prayer. Uh, we talk to the the family, the the parents or the husband or wife. We sit and visit with them, ask them what their beliefs are, what they like, talk about the person that is preparing for death. Find out if they have any likes, special likes. One of the things that I found out, too, is when a, a person is at that point, if they are, uh, they like music, then let's get some music mm-hmm. that's going to help calm them. Yeah. Because a lot of them are scared. Mm-hmm. Um, you come into the home and, and you visit with a person and they'll start crying and they'll say, I'm dying. Yeah. And all you do is hold again, you hold their hand and tell, I'm going to be with you. 
I'm going to be with you. And then get their mind on something else. Let's play some music that you like. What you would, would you like to hear? If they are Catholic, always ask them. I do. Always ask them, would you like to talk to a priest? Yeah. And they may say, well, I haven't been to confession for so long. I don't know how to go. That's okay. The priest will walk you through. That's fine. Because I think it's very important that they do this. If they are not Catholic, then you ask them, would you like to talk to a minister? Mm-hmm. Let's just bring someone in here so you could talk to them. Yeah. Uh, dying is, for some people, it is very scary or they are so angry. And I've had a few of them that are just so angry and didn't want me to pray, didn't want me to bring any ministers in, didn't want to have the thing to do with it. Yeah. And they were so angry at God because of giving them either this illness or they knew they were dying and they're mad. Yeah. So you just sit at the edge of their bed. You talk to them as best you can, comforting. And in your mind, you pray for them, or if you sit on the side of the bed in the chair, you get your rosary out and you pray for them, yeah. and hopefully that they would turn around. Mm. But it, it's hard when, um, when you come in there and, and they know it and they just cry. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that I think is so great, I've had two patients that were um, struggling yeah. with it at the end, very close to the end, breathing-wise struggling. And my husband, he he does the Divine Chaplet every day, every day. Yeah. And I'd call Gary up, and I'd ask Gary to come over. You know, you check with the family and make sure it's okay. But I'd ask Gary to come over, and I said, let's say the chaplet over this person. Two of my patients, after we said the chaplet, they passed away mm. so peace you could see you know if they were struggling with the breathing yeah. it calmed them down it calmed them down so there is something very very powerful saying the chaplet over the person that is dying yeah, yeah. so um you know give us give us an idea of some of the things that you've encountered as you've been with a, a dying person um I know when my mother and mother-in-law was dying, she's the only one that I, I think it was kind of where I was, you know, there, you know, uh-huh. on a daily basis for a long period of time. Yes. Everybody else, it was pretty quick. But with her, it was a long period of time. And as she got close to the end, you know, one moment she'd be saying, they're singing, they've been singing uh, yes. all day. Mm-hmm. And then the next moment there were bugs crawling on the wall, uh-huh. you know. And, and mm-hmm. so talk talk to us a little bit about some of the things that, that you encounter um, during those those final moments, the final days, whatever it is. I You know, I agree with you what you have said because there again, uh, some of the people that I've taken care of, they see things. Uh, the the children. When I was going to go back to Children's Mercy Hospital there in Fort Worth, uh, the nurses told me that when these little children, when they get close to death, they see angels. Mm. And they will say, look, there's one that's sitting at the bed or there's one right up next to me. But they see these angels. Mm. And I just I think, wow, through the eyes of children that they can see this. The adults, I uh, this one man, he was amazing. I was sitting at the side of his bed uh, and we were talking and all of a sudden he just said, shh. And I said, "Okay." He said, look, look at that guy there. And I said, okay, what are we looking at? Mm. And he said, it's a priest in a brown robe. It's a capuchin. 
And I said, really? And he said, yeah, he's coming in here. So I just left this man talk, and I sat there. And then he said, it's our Blessed Mother. She's right here. And I I had goosebumps because Mm. he seen it. And I believe, without a doubt, he did see this because he was, uh, I felt like he was a very, very good, holy man. Yeah. Um, Another one had um, parents, a lot of the parents, the moms and dads will come or they'll see their moms and dads or they may see their wife. Um, They may see a brother or sister that's been gone along. And I always tell them they're waiting on you. And it's okay. You can go. That's the other thing you really need to yeah. remember. The last thing the peop- that sense that leaves a dying person is their hearing. Mm. So many times, if you just tell them it's okay to go and have the family members come in and say, you know, Dad, it's okay. Yeah. We're going to be fine because I, I, and we don't know. But it may be they don't want to go because they're still concerned. Yeah. of the family, but just to let them know, we're going to be fine, Dad. And you don't want to see them continually be in pain. Yeah. So until they hear it from the person that they love the most, it's okay. You yeah. can go. They will hang on. They yeah. will hang on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw that with my mother-in-law as well. You know, mm-hmm. it just it took my husband going in and saying, Mom, it's okay, you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, truly the the beauty that we have in you know in what you're doing, in what we can do with our loved ones, the the beauty of really helping them spiritually as they prepare for uh-huh. that that final judgment. What a what a beautiful thing it is! Just really praying for them and, yes. and really you know bringing them the sacraments. Do you do you yes. is that part of what you do as well? I can do that because I am a Eucharistic minister yeah. and I could bring. As a matter of fact, this one man, Leon Hooser, he asked me the other day because when we when I go over there to take care of him. We like to listen to the Mass at 11 o'clock. And this Leon, he, he's such a sweetheart. He sings. You know, he'll sing the Our Father in Latin. Uh-huh. And then in his mind, he says, I remember doing Mass. And then he'll always ask me, when do we go to Mass? When do we go to Mass? Yesterday, he asked me, can you bring me communion? Mm. And I thought, wow, this is great. Yeah. He uh, He's really special. I've been with him for a while, and it's kind of like he's my grandpa. (laughs) But you get a closeness to these people, and when they pass away, you grieve with the family. You cry. And Mother, when I was a sister, Mother Antonia said we are never supposed to uh, show our emotions. You know, she wants us to be strong. And if we wanted to cry, that's why we had our veils to wipe our tears, but don't let the family. And I am my I'm too weak. (laughs) And I think it's good to let the family know that you are grieving with that person who just left because they're part of you. Also, you've taken care of them for how long? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to even even if you didn't even know the person that was dying, but to, to really, you know, feel the grief of, of the family and to, yes. to support them in that, I probably would be 
crying too. Uh-huh. So absolutely, you, you know, and, and just really to to grieve with them. But also, there's there's a joy. There you is know, a there's joy. There's a joy in mm-hmm. in, a, in you know someone. You know, we're praying. You know, we uh-huh. are praying that that they are you know celebrating with God in heaven. You know, yes. we we want them to have that that eternal reward. You know, and and to be with God in heaven. That's what we're praying for. That's what That's you're doing it. as That's part it. of the palliative uh-huh. care. Yeah, uh-huh. what a beautiful, beautiful thing. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. We'll be right back with more about holiness through dying with Sherry Feltus. One body. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. One body. Holiness through dying. One body. Stewarding God's creation. With Sherry Feltus. One body. One body. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. One body. Stewarding God's creation. So we are talking with Sherry Feltus, Holiness Through Dying. Do you have uh, often have to care for more than one patient at a time? If so, how do you manage your personal time, especially um, if getting called out, you know, during the night? You know, people getting close to death, we we never know exactly when that's, that's right. going to be, right? Uh-huh. So, so talk that's to right. us just a little uh-huh. bit about how you balance all that. Well, at, there's been times when I had two to three people that were... Uh, more needing and what you do you just go to one person's home uh, take care of them how they're doing you may have to uh, do some bathing or something like that Mm -hmm. if you get called from someone else saying oh come over really quick you know we think she's she's dying or he's dying then you just say I'll be there as soon as I can make it and you get in the car and you head on over to the next person the um, calling out during the night I do quite a few overnight hours the family needs to have this time if they're with that person during the day they cannot be with them up all night long and I have a journal and I sit with them every hour I do their their vitals just to be with them and if anything changes then I get the family member and mm-hmm. tell them they better come over here yeah I will always ask them to go to the head of the bed as their breathing changes, uh, and let's just let's just say some prayers. That's about it. Just uh, be with them during the nights because it's so important that the family they need to take care of themselves too. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. They think they can do it, and once they get into it, they can't. They need to have a break time themselves because. They have to take care of themselves before they can take care of another person. That's where I come in at. And like I said, many overnights. My husband, he is so good. He's so good. Um, there's times when I may not be home three days, four days, five days in a row. I got enough time to go in, take a shower and change clothes and head on out the door. Yeah. And he, he, one time he made a comment to me, in, jokingly. He, he's a joker. He said, the next time you come home, I'm going to have to ask two forms of ID before I let you in the house. I said, oh, Gary, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it is, it's, I love this. I love 
taking care of people who need my help. And I do this uh, not only in hospice, but also in home health care. Beautiful. To me, it's such a blessing yes. because I'm able to be with them. It, um, I can't even describe it. It is, it's just, it's just beautiful. Some of those people, they are, when they go, it's like they've seen the face of Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's what stays in my mind every time someone passes. They see the face of Jesus, mm-hmm. and I think, wow. Wow, mm-hmm. right? Wow, right? So share with us a little bit about how you've grown spiritually and maybe some more stories about about um, mm-hmm. others as they're dying. Okay. Well, I travel to different places. When I travel to Ellis, I go to La Crosse, Victoria, Vincent, Walker. I have my time for me to pray my rosary. Mm-hmm. And that is... You can get in four or five rosaries a day. So going to the patients that I'm caring for or even coming back home at nights, mm-hmm. there's always time to pray the rosary. Yeah. If if I wouldn't have this time, I wouldn't get that many rosaries in because people are just so busy, so many things to do. But this is my time for my prayers. I don't even have the radio on in the car. And, you know, I shouldn't say that because of Divine Mercy Radio. But that's my it also gives me strength to take care of that person whom I'm going to be taking care of. Yeah. It just sets the tone. Yeah. Prayer sets everything. In the mornings when you wake up, you say your morning prayers, and it just gives you an uplift to make it through the day. Yeah. And then I always like to ask our Lord, thank you for giving me another day to serve you, because mm-hmm. all of this is given to me from our Lord to serve these people. Yeah. So I'd also like to talk with um, the different people when I go and take care of their patients or their family members, what their beliefs are, what their history is like. I love listening to history, where they came from, what this person done, are there any special priests, any saints that they like, and just to let them talk about what mom or dad, the things they'd done growing up, where they came from, what churches they went to, they're, uh, if they're ministers, what ministers. Uh, this one lady, she just loved, she was, uh, I think, a Baptist, if I remember right, but she played the organ in church. Mm-hmm. And she just loved it. And the minister that was there, she really liked. So we get involved in a conversation like that, just to, you know, to, to kind of help me understand these people, where they came from and their background, their history. And it's so funny because you get a lot of these Germans, which we have a lot of Germans around town here, listening to their stories on what it was like with them growing up. And we think we have it hard, Mm. but we don't have anything. But they kept their faith. All of those old Germans, they were so strong in their faith, and they would not... And then remember when they had 48-hour adoration, Mm. where the churches were open, they always done, oh, everybody, all night long, they put their names down and they went, no matter how far they had to go. Um, In harvest time, they would stop and pray. At 12 o'clock, they would stop and pray the Angelus. And I just think that is awesome. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. Stories to tell about people that... um, that I've taken care of. There's just so many, so many. Um, again, 
if my husband is able to come and say the chaplet with me when that person is dying, I think that's about the best thing, the best story, because it just, uh, I've seen it over and over and over again on how that peace comes over to that person and even their their spouses. If we have enough time, I like to get most of the family members, which some of them are there, but if they're not a distance away to try to get all the family members because in hospice you can tell you know, how close you're getting, that mm. person is getting. Yeah. So if there's time to get more people over to pray for that person dying, yeah. To pray the chaplet, yeah. it is uh, it's such a blessing for that person yeah. because all of these prayers that they hear, which they are still hearing, yeah. it benefits them so much, so much. We've talked about you know how many uh, how beautiful it is to really be in the presence of the dying, be able yes. to minister in that that beautiful beautiful way. There has to be some dif difficulty that goes along with it. Yes. So, so uh -huh. talk to us maybe about some of the difficulties that you've encountered as well. Uh, the hardest thing, the hardest thing is um, to tell the people they're gone. Mm. Uh, they may not be uh, mm. where I may be with a person by myself where it's just the two of us and some family member wasn't there to call them and tell them, they should come over to the house and when they get there they they know they know and i'll just i'm sorry but they passed away yeah and then i have them come over and be with that person one thing about being in hospice we take our time for the family members to spend with that person that had passed away we don't rush him we'll ask do you want us to call the undertaker now do you want us uh, to do anything whatever you want to do because we're there for them yeah. and if they want to spend time with this person and want to call the grandkids or call somebody else then we let them do that because we are not going to rush anything yeah. we are not going to rush anything but that's the hardest thing is to tell them that that they're gone even if they're standing around their bedside to um, to check to make sure you don't have a heartbeat and say i'm sorry but he's seen the face of Jesus, yeah. and that's how you end it. He's seen the face of Jesus. Mm. Oh, I love Beautiful. that message. I love that. I remember when we were with, um, I think we came just right after my, my husband's uncle died, but he had a pacemaker, so his beat, oh. his heart was still uh -huh. beating. Uh -huh. and, and, you know, so I don't think they could definitively say, you yeah, know, for a little while that that he actually had passed away, but mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. indicated that he that had. he did. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you you know? It just it was kind of wild to me, you know. To you know, mm -hmm. it was like kind of, are you sure? You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah, it was quite you know. But, but and we did pray the chaplet. You know, uh -huh. we we did, and you know, the other family member that was there said you know do you guys you because know, they knew he was catholic but they weren't practicing the faith anymore and mm -hmm. my husband and i came in and they were generous enough generous enough to say do you want to to say some prayers and so we we yes. were able uh -huh. to do that and uh you know it just it really truly is such a blessing uh -huh. to know that that they're going to their 
to their final final reward, reward you yes. know and uh-huh. and so you know hopefully mm-hmm. we're able to uh, you know to intercede and and uh-huh. to ask for God's mercy in whatever na- way is needed you know uh-huh. everybody needs you need needs mercy in a different way so mm-hmm. so it's beautiful to be able to mm-hmm. be a part of that and I think it's really good too that those people that you take care of in your lifetime being with that person when they do pass away you always remember them in your prayers you get their little card there's something about them but when you say your prayers you always remember all of those people and so they're guaranteed our prayers too yeah because we won't forget them because many souls are lost because they have nobody to pray for them yeah and so that's where we can keep saying our prayers for all of those people. Yeah, and remember all, the souls all of them. In purgatory. Uh-huh. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I need to tell you one story about this this person that I'm taking care of now. At three o'clock, he may have a lot of anxiety issues. Uh, he can't settle down. You know, really antsy. At three o'clock, I'll mm-hmm. say, "Okay, now it's time for our prayers." And I kid you not, when we say it, he is so calm. Yeah. Sometimes he falls asleep, <laughs> yeah. but he does. And that's just the power of saying this, what power that prayer has. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, I wish more people would know about this. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Divine mercy. Mm-hmm. Divine mercy. You know, just just Google um, praying divine mercy for the dying. Yeah. You know, and, and there's going to be a whole lot of passages in the diary of St. Faustina that talk about praying for the dying person. These are all, all you know, she was, she was God's secretary, right? She yes. was writing down what, what he wanted us to know. Uh-huh. And so there's a whole lot of passages there that we can read really, really learn from and, and grow closer to God from um, through through the diary of St. Faustina. And one of those is, is really how to be in the presence of a dying person and pray yes. for them so that his mercy will, mm-hmm. will uh, you know, we, we are inter- intercessors for, for that mercy to come to that dying person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. beautiful, really a beautiful ministry. We are so, 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 so grateful. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Folks, heaven is unseen, and so are these airwaves. However, if you want to save unseen souls for heaven, please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate, where your donation will be seen and appreciated. Or, if you are a business or service that would like to underwrite this One Body show, Please know that your underwriting will run three times during this show, which runs five times a week on five stations, reaching along I-70 from Junction City past the Colorado border. All this for a mere 300 a month. If you're interested, call 785-621-4110. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.